Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Alan Lazarus, who is the host and founder of the Next Level University podcast. Alan, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. I can tell we're going to vibe very well. I was on your Instagram earlier. You're a very strong speaker, man. Hell yeah. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, well, we like to go ahead and jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. What I like to do for fun. Interesting. Okay. So um, a little bit about myself. I'll try to give you the shortened version. Uh, so the shortened version is when I was two years old, I uh, met some adversity. So my father passed away when he was 28. I was two. And so I lost something very near and dear to my heart from a very young age, but I also gained something else. And what I gained was not only an incredible lesson, but I was also raised by two women. So I had an older sister and my mother. So I had kind of two mothers. Um, I did have a stepdad from age two to 14, but that's a whole nother story. Fast forward, I'm seven years old and I'll give you the very quick version. My mom told me, Alan, life is about choices. You can be a CEO or you can be a farmer. I'm going to love you either way. But if you aim high and you're a CEO, you can wake up one day and decide to be a farmer. It doesn't necessarily work the other way around. So when my father passed away too, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and she didn't focus much on academics as a younger woman. And she wished that she had. So when my father passed, she didn't have a lot of choices. So she wanted me to have choices. So she said, aim high and you'll have choices. And that really ran me for such a long time. Um, And it's such a good lesson. Still to this day, best lesson I've ever gotten is life is about choices. Fast forward, I'm 10 years old. And we are passing what is now my alma mater, a school called Worcester Polytechnic Institute, WPI. My uncle Merle was actually the track and field coach at that school at the time. And the field, actually, the track and field is actually still named Norcross Field, my uncle Merle Norcross. Um, But anyways, so she basically said, Alan, you're good at math. Engineers go there. Engineers are good at math. Engineers make a lot of money. You should go there. You should go there one day. And she planted that seed in my heart and I never forgot it. Fast forward, it's eighth grade. She said, Alan, I'm going to take a chance on you. I'm going to let you take eighth grade off. Now you still have to go to school, but you can just have fun. Don't worry about your grades. Up to this point, I was all A's, maybe a couple B's. Um, Don't worry about your grades. Just go have fun. So if you look at my academic career, it's like all A's and then it's like C's and D's and like a couple B's. And then in high school, she said, but you have to promise me that you'll get the president's award in high school. Now, in high school, the President's Award, I have it behind me, it's straight A's all through school. You basically can't get below a 95 GPA for any report card. Um, And there's four report cards, four years, so 16 report cards straight. Now, I got 189 in Honors English. Miss Desolate gave me an 89. And uh, (laughs) I never took Honors English again. But I'm, I'm leading up to basically when I did end up going to WPI. So again, planted dreams in my heart, taught me to aim high, taught me academics and education were really, really important. And so that's kind of been a rolling theme is aiming really high. So fast forward, I get into WPI, do electrical and computer engineering there. I graduate uh, with my degree, 
and I'm job hopping a lot in corporate America. So I worked for a company called iRobot, a company called Sensata Technologies, another company called Oz Development. I lived in LA for a time and tried that. Um, I also started a little company called Campus Libre. And again, I promise you the short version, so I'll go quick. But basically, eventually, I realized, okay, I'm not an engineer who's going to sit behind a desk and design circuits. I love people. I've always been a collaborator and a leader of people. I love speaking and communicating, so this isn't going to work. At the time, my hero was Steve Jobs. So there was a book in 2011 that came out uh, called Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. And I remember being in macroeconomics class, and I saw his 2005 Stanford address. And I literally, no BS, got up and was like, I'm done with college. Like, I like left school. And then, yeah, I was wild. And I started a company called Campus Libre then. That ended up falling through. I looked it up online because I wanted to be like Steve Jobs, a Fortune 50 CEO. I looked it up online and I found out that of the Fortune 500 CEOs in the world, um, something crazy, like 60% of them had an engineering undergrad with an MBA combination, master's in business. So I went back for my MBA, right? Go back into corporate, job hop, job hop, job hop, soul search, eventually end up at a company called Cognex. Cognex, I did inside sales there, eventually got promoted to outside sales. So I manage at this point, uh, they do industrial automation equipment. So I manage Western New England. So I did Vermont, I did Western Mass and Connecticut. And it's not a work night. I'm up in New Hampshire, it's Friday. And I'm with my little cousin, we're playing Call of Duty. This is 2015, tough winter, bad winter. We're going to TGI Fridays, not drinking, anything like that. And the signs were covered by snow because it was one of those horrible, horrible winters back in 2015 in New Hampshire. So the yield sign was covered. I was supposed to yield and I didn't. I ended up on the wrong side of the road. um, And I looked in front of me and what I thought was a Mack truck was in front of me, big, bright lights, brightest lights I'd ever seen and 10 feet in front of me. Now, for those of you who have ever had a life or death situation, like it's inexplicable. It's like I, the best way I could describe it is for me, there was no question. It was like, this is it. This is the end. Fortunately, I was driving a 2004 Volkswagen Passat. I literally used to call it the tank. I bought it for five grand, was trying to save money, pay off my school debt. And basically it was like a steel trap, German engineered car. And both airbags did deploy. Fortunately, we were okay. It wasn't a Mack truck. It was a lift kitted truck. Up in New Hampshire, a lot of people have lift kits. I'm sitting in an armchair drinking whiskey, questioning everything. Because remember, my father passed away in a car accident when he was 28. So I'm 26 at the time. This is 2015. So I'm 32 now, about to be 33. And I am questioning my whole life. This, This messed with me so much. Because I had heard stories about John, my dad, like my whole life. And so I was like, that really could have been it. Like, holy crap. That's when I turned everything around. So I now live by this simple quote. You can't see the stars during the day. They're always there. But sometimes it takes the darkness to see clearly that which you simply could not within the light. And so I saw two stars that I had never seen before. One was Tony Robbins' TED Talk. Regardless of what you think of Tony, like unbelievable TED Talk. Best TED Talk of all time, in my opinion. Number two, a book by a woman named Bronnie Ware. It's called the top five regrets of the dying. We've actually since interviewed her awesome lady, gentle soul, but her book, she worked in hospice for eight years with terminally ill people. And she noticed these same common regrets, these same common patterns. I wish, I wish, I wish number one regret of the dying to this day. I have a flashcard in my pocket with all five of them. The number one is I wish I had lived a life true to myself and not what others expected of me. 
And again, circle back to the beginning of my life. My mom planted dreams in my heart, seeds in my heart, and I aimed high, but I wasn't necessarily listening to that inner calling. After 26, man, that near life or death situation, I went all in on self-improvement and my own goals and dreams. And here we are seven years later, six and a half years later, global podcast, top 100 self-improvement podcast, clients all over the world. And it's awesome. But that's my story just to provide context. And the main lesson is life is about choices. What you say, think, do, feel, and believe is a choice. And more importantly, what you don't say, what you don't do, what you don't think, and what you choose not to believe. And, and those are all choices. And after 26, man, I just started making conscious choices. And that's turned it all around for me. I love that. Awesome, man. Appreciate thanks it. for, thanks for you, sharing that. You did ask me about fun and I didn't answer that question. <laughs> what do I do for fun? Is this right here, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Um, tell us a little bit more about Next Level University, the podcast. And All right. So Next Level U, uh, what's the best way to describe it? It's a holistic podcast. So we do health, we do wealth, and we do love. So Next Level University, how to level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. What I love most about the podcast is that it's holistic. In other words, it's not just about success. It's not just about fitness. It's not just about relationships. It's about all three. And I know that that's pretty rare in the self-improvement industry. So health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Wealth is how you make your money. In other words, do you love what you do? And this is, again, living your dream life. So do you love what you do? How much money do you actually make? Is it increasing, decreasing, or stagnant over time on the aggregate? And then where do you invest it? Do you invest it intelligently? Do you invest it in your own business? Do you invest it in the right tools for success? Do you invest it in the stock market? Where do you spend and invest your money? And then the third one is relationships. Intimate relationship first, immediate family, friends, business partners, colleagues, clients, mentors, mentees, corporate, corporate uh, colleagues, all that kind of stuff. So health, wealth, and love, in my opinion, are the three majors. And I, I, I remember growing up, I would look around, I'd study the world, I'd study people. And I saw some people that were really wealthy, but they weren't very healthy. And then I'd see some people that had magnificent relationships, but they were not very wealthy. You know, and then I'd see people in great shape, but they weren't necessarily doing well in their career. So it's like, why? Like, why? Why are so few, few wealthy people actually in great shape? Why are so amazing people that are in such great shape not crushing it in their career? And now as an adult, you know, coming up on 33 here, I do understand each one of those is a full-time job. Um, and, and just to be great at them, but that's what the podcast is about. It's about how to be a holistically character-driven, heart-driven, well-rounded human being, next level you, best version of you. Gotcha. Love it. Um, tell us a little bit about your dreams, goals, and vision for the podcast and just your life in general. We want both sides. I appreciate that. So the vision is to bring self-improvement to the masses and it's an infinite game. So it's, it's not, um, not necessarily attainable. I think life is a series of finite games within an infinite game. Um, so Kobe Bryant's a hero of mine, RIP, um, his finite games were like the actual basketball games and, you know, championships. The infinite game was becoming the best basketball player he could possibly be right. You never actually become the best in the world. You just, it's, it's an infinite pursuit. 
uh, the pursuit of excellence that never ends. And so my main vision and mission, not only just at Next Level U, but also in my heart, because I asked myself the simple question of like, what breaks my heart? What injustice in the world do I want to solve? You know, what are my gifts and talents and, and what does the world need that my talents can provide? And I kept coming back to like, so growing up when my um, stepdad left when I was 14, we went from literally like creating and building of a family custom yacht to like, I get free lunch at school because we're so poor. My stepdad had all the income. My mom didn't. And so we just did whatever we could to keep the house. And so that built a lot of character for me at 14, you know, becoming the man of the house at such a young age. And um, my point there is basically I got financial aid and I got help and I got scholarships. And because I was good in school and I worked hard, I was able to go to one of the best technical institutions, one of the best tech schools in the world. You know, it's kind of like a mini MIT. And there's no way I would have been able to do that if it wasn't for financial aid and if it wasn't for scholarships and it was, if it wasn't for certain teachers that, that really helped me, Mrs. Pryor in particular, um, I actually wrote her a letter and she read it to her class. She said she cried. And, um, but that, that to me moves me like equal opportunity. We talk about it, but like, it's not equal. And to me, it's like, there's gotta be some people out there. I know there's people out there. There's a kid out there that is a genius and, and would do anything for the opportunities that I've had. And that's why next level university or podcasts like this are so important to me because like, dude, if I had exposure to this stuff when I was, when I was 16, 15, 14, like, Oh, it would have changed the game. I could have made much more intelligent choices. And obviously I don't live in regret all the time, but like, I'm not naive enough to realize that, you know, personal development, is the is the the thing that I was missing and, and you know I didn't have a strong male role model growing up and now I want to be that for as many people as possible so that that's really the mission yeah yeah I love that and so just to be clear that like problem that really touches at your heartstrings that you want to spend the rest of your life going after is bringing self-improvement to the masses with the purpose of solving that equal opportunity issue yeah absolutely Awesome, man. I love that. I, I have a very similar goal where, um, you know, I, I peg it as like ending poverty around the world, but really what I want to do is bring the standard of living around the world to the point where it's middle-class America. So people aren't spending 12 hours a day worrying about what they're going to eat. And so they don't have time for that self-improvement. Like I want everybody to have time to like actually work on self-improvement as opposed to I have to feed these five kids that, um, you know, are really struggling right now. So I'm Amen, brother. very similar vein, very similar vein. Um, I also love that being the male role model that you didn't have. Like, I really appreciate that. Amen, man. I appreciate you appreciating that. Yeah, for sure. I guess my next thing, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You said your life and death situation is kind of what, just catapulted you into self-improvement and really chasing your dreams and goals and being your authentic self. But tell us a little bit more about that journey and like the process of that first step. Like I know it wasn't just life and death and then boom, all of a sudden you're a beast. You know, there was some stuff you went through. <laughs> tell us about that. For sure. I'll tell you one in particular because um, 
I, but it's the most important one. Uh, so I drank a lot in high school, the tail end of high school. Um, I used to host parties and, and I, I don't want to frame this improperly. I wasn't a bad kid or anything. Um, but yeah, we partied. Uh, I grew up in an environment where alcohol was common. I'll just leave it there. And so I partied in the tail end of high school. I definitely partied in college. And then in corporate, I worked in uh, industrial automation sales. And, you know, Cognex's motto still to this day is work hard, play hard. And basically what I did after 26 was I looked at that, at that pattern that alcohol had played such a big role in my life. And I looked in the mirror of that and like, you know what, this is not helping me maximize my potential. And I basically traded in the, and I wrote a LinkedIn article that's still live about this uh, way, way back. It's probably terrible, honestly. (laughs) But uh, I traded in the label of alcoholic for the label of bodybuilder. You know, what's the story you tell yourself about yourself? I think that for me, I realized, okay, I have a drinking problem and I admitted that. And then it was like, okay, I want to be a bodybuilder. Greg Plitt is a hero of mine. Um, he's, you know, got a little ego on him and RIP to him as well. But um, he motivated the hell out of me. And anyone who knows who Greg Plitt is, he's motivating. You can say whatever you want, but he's motivating. And um, basically, I went all in on fitness. But here's the thing. The way that I overcame alcohol is I had to choose something aspirational that I cared more about. And I think this is another lesson for for everyone too. When you have big goals and dreams, they're going to carry you out of the depths. Like some people drink and and have a drinking problem worse than I did. I mean, it's interesting because no one else thought I had a, a drinking problem, at least not to my knowledge. I just wanted to set a higher standard after 26. And if it wasn't for having those huge goals and dreams, I doubt that I would have quit drinking. And so when I had fitness goals and dreams, all of a sudden alcohol was very detrimental to those goals and dreams. And so if you aim high, you'll have to also have high standards. And for me, that's what's really helped me. Now I've fallen on my face more times than I can count. I've fallen off the horse many times. I I remember, you know, I I would say it took me five years to to quit drinking because I would keep like going to weddings and I'd end up falling off. But like now I'm almost three years completely sober, not a single drop. And like you said, it didn't just happen overnight. The shifts in mindset are daily. The shifts in behavior are daily. The improvements are incremental. And my favorite book in the world is behind me. It's called The Compound Effect. And the reason why I love that book so much. Oh, yeah. Awesome book, right? Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. Best book ever of all time, honestly. Um, And that's a whole nother story, but, um, that idea of the aggregation of marginal gains compounded over time and the power of choices, it's here. I am seven years later and I'm still at the very beginning of that transformation in my opinion, but I also am a super long-term thinker. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I love that. And, um, I think that's a really important thing to that, the power of like thinking big and dreaming big. And a lot of those big lofty goals, if you're, if you have that, like, mindset of incremental gains towards those big lofty goals they can be the motivation you need to kick those bad habits so i like that a lot (laughs) appreciate it man amen especially because a lot of people will um you know avoid thinking big in fear that they like can't do it you know it's easy for that like to get in our mind so yeah limiting beliefs 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I guess in the next portion of our show, we'd like to get to know how we can help you. And so if there was one type of person or a specific person that you could meet right now that would help you take the next step in growing next level you, who would they be and how would they do it? I would like to meet Brandon Burchard um, and learn from him. I think that he's done a tremendous job at bringing personal development to the masses. And, and, you know, he's still in many ways at the beginning of his journey, but his, he's been very character driven from my understanding and he's done it very authentically. Uh, and so I would, I would definitely pick his brain for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. What are the, what's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you further next level you? It's interesting. Never been asked a question like that on a podcast. Uh, they could, if so, you brush your teeth every day. Hopefully, uh, you can listen to Next Level University every day. We have a pod, podcast episode every day. And my favorite thing about the podcast is like every single episode is about how to become a better version of yourself. Every single one. We don't talk about the weather. We don't talk about cooking or cleaning or gardening. We talk about self improvement, twenty four seven, three sixty five. And so, um, what can they do to help me? interesting i don't think from that frame very often um they can check out an episode and they can share it if they if they resonate gotcha um do you encourage connecting with you personally or do you have any way for them to connect with you or any businesses or just listen and share uh yeah so you can reach out anybody can reach out so instagram facebook or linkedin alan lazarus a l a n last name lazarus l a z a R O S. You can Google my name. They'll come right up. Um, you can DM me on any of those platforms and between my assistant and I, we literally get back to everybody. So please reach out. If, if what I've said on this episode resonates, I would love to connect. Yeah. Awesome. Love it, man. Love it. And before we jump into our thriving three, I know you talked a, a little bit about really being a long, um, long, long mindset, long-term mindset you have you embody that tell us a little bit about how you've cultivated that and how you keep your perspective on the long term oh interesting 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 i do think it comes naturally uh they they i forget what book it was but they did a study where they hooked people up to fmri systems and they tried to ask them about themselves 10 years later and some people could only visualize a stranger they were i guess um kevin and i talk about this often for me, like, I don't know how or why, but like randomly I'll be folding laundry and I'll get like an impression of what I'm going to look like and be like at 40. I don't, I don't know if, I don't think that's normal. I've talked to Kevy's like, that's not normal. It's not. <laughs> okay. It's not normal. Okay. So, um, whatever that is, I don't know where I got it or how I developed it, but I do have a theory and this is my theory. My childhood had many great things and I, and I don't want to uh, lessen that but it had a lot of really pretty terrible things. I'm not even pretty terrible, very terrible things. And when the past is painful and the present is painful and you're a child, sometimes you escape into the future. And I think my imagination, I, that's the one thing that I've always had is a super, super bright future. And I will, I will preface this with, I definitely have a large amount of self-belief. Now, self-worth is a completely different game. And I realized recently that I still have some self-worth challenges. But self-belief, man, I mean, it's just, it's just high. It's ridiculously high, actually. 
Um, there's very little with enough time I can't do. And that's why I love the compound effect. Like give me, give me a decade, I'll do it. Like it is what it is. Um, that said, I think if you combine adversity, super high goals and a ton of self-belief, I mean, you just develop an unbelievable amount of grit. And, um, I do think adversity is your advantage if you have self-belief, you know, cause you're going to figure it out and you're going to get stronger. And, you know, Darren Hardy talks about this. I don't know if it's in the book or in one of his speeches, but your past is not a billy club that you should beat your head out yourself over the head with. It's, it's actually the training ground that you needed to go do extraordinary things. But what I realize now, having studied the, that verse and that quote is that if you don't have a lot of self-belief, adversity actually is not an advantage. It's actually a massive traumatic negative thing that might keep you stuck forever. And so unless the right guide comes along like a podcast like this or a mentor or a coach or whatever. But um, for me, adversity was my advantage because I had self-belief and the long-term thinking thing, man, I don't know how to develop that other than practice it, practice it. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was on the phone with we have a 12 person team and my assistant, her name's Amy. And I've been working with her for years, first as a client, then eventually on the team. And I remember I, I coached the whole team, right? So, so I'm always asking the first check-in, I do three check-ins. I do clarity check-in, which is about the future. I do systems check-in, which is about what are you doing on the daily, which is the now. And then I do growth check-in, which is mostly about the past and how to recondition. But basically I asked her a question about her future. Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And she just couldn't answer. Like, she's like, uh, no, nothing was coming. Like I would, okay, well, where are you going to live? And for me, this is a while ago, but it was weird. Cause it's like, well, I know where I'm going to live and how many homes and blah, blah, blah. I know what I'm going to be doing. And she's like, I just don't know. I have no, what do you mean? I have no idea. I asked another question. What about five years? She's like, ah, she had a little bit more clarity. She could kind of answer. Well, I want to have kids and like, I'll be married. Right. And then when we got to two years, oh, she was rattling off answers. She's like, I'm going to live here. I'm going to have this apartment. I'm going to be doing this. It's like, oh, oh, you see that, that, that unlocks the potential is like, if I'm asking people about their decade and they have no idea. And that's when I realized that long-term strategic thinking was definitely one of my gifts. I think we all have amazing gifts. Um, I was with a client yesterday. I can name her five, literally um, her desire to be extraordinary. Number one. Number two, humility, super humble, always asking great questions. Number three, resilience, tons of grit. Uh, number four, her, her willingness to sacrifice, like to give up the person's places, things, and ideas that don't serve her. And then I forget what the fifth one was in this moment. But the point is, is that all of us have strengths. We just might not view them as strengths because we thought they were normal. I did not realize how not normal that was, genuinely, because I've always had it, right? Um, and so that's, I, I guess I'll answer your question by asking a question, like for your listeners, what are their unique strengths? And if long-term strategic thinking is one of them, that's great. If you want to develop it, practice it. But more importantly, if you don't have it, be humble enough to admit it. Like if you're not a grandmaster chess player and you can't think 15 moves ahead, that's okay. Get around someone who can, you know, hire a coach who does reverse engineering is my jam and, and, and future vision orientation and strategic thinking is my jam. But you know, I suck at a lot of stuff. That's just not one of the things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And I guess my last follow-up question for that is does your habit of really being a long-term thinker ever 
take away from the present for you? Yeah, probably. Um, yes, for sure. Not probably. Um, we all are three people, in my opinion. There's who we used to be, there's who we are now, and there's who we aspire to be. And for your listeners, it's important to understand this too. The people in your life probably love you for who you used to be and maybe who you are now, but very few people love you for who you aspire to be. And that's why dreams and goals are so effing hard, man. I mean, at Next Level U, we've got a whole community and there's not a single person who's not like, my family doesn't support me, right? It's, it's not that they don't love you. It's they don't know who the hell you're trying to be and they love you for who you used to be. And, and that's just par for the course. You're going to have to overcome that shit. Pardon my French if this is not an explicit show. All good. All good. Um, to answer your original question, though, yes, it does. Some people think all that matters is the future, grind, grind, grind. And that's not true. Some people, the power of now, for example, only now matters. Also not true. If you don't prep for your future, it's not going to be bright. You know, you're not going to stumble upon a wonderful future, right? Yep. So you have to learn from the past enjoy the present and focus on our brighter future there's two types of people technically three some people dwell on the past you got to not do that right you can learn from it but try not to live there and dwell on it and then there's some people who are very now focused they, they struggle with immediate gratification everything needs to be now 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 and they can't do what investors do which is sacrifice short-term pleasure for long-term gain and then there's some people who all they do is sacrifice short-term pleasure for long-term gain and, and those people need to focus on being more present. So figure out which one you're good at. Are you great at learning from the past? Awesome. Are you great at living in the present? Awesome. Are you great at, at uh, focusing and designing a future? Awesome. Which one is your bad one? All of us have one that's really good. We have one that is decent and then one that's pretty terrible. For me, the one that's not very good is the present thing. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't enjoy the present very often. And I think you could probably already tell. <laughs> this is what I do for fun, right? Like, what, what kind of answer is that? <laughs> I also like to snowboard, but I haven't been in four years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. I love that. Uh, so the next part of our show is our thriving three. And you've kind of already touched on this, but I think we're going to get to hear a little bit more about you. We love to hear how people take in information, how they care for themselves, and how they're executing right now. So my first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? And probably podcast, because you already said the compound effect. <laughs> uh, but pick one. Okay, I want to go movie. Awesome. I'm going to go movie. Uh, favorite movie is The Lion King. The reason why um, is because I think that adversity right out of the gate with his father passing away, uh, it just it's resonated so deeply. Uh, and then leaning into who you really are, you know, later in life. And then the stepdad with Scar and all that. So, but the, the, the second one, I can talk more in depth about Goodwill Hunting. Um, Goodwill oh, Hunting. I haven't is seen it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So life-changing movie, wonderful movie. Uh, the, the, the life contemplation that, that, that movie, that movie changed my life. There's one scene and you'll know, you'll know when you watch it. Um, it's by the duck pond. I, I used to have this scene literally on my MySpace. That's how old I am. I don't know how old you are, but did, were you around during MySpace days? Okay. Um, I, I used to have it on my MySpace and it's just this unbelievable contemplation where Robin Williams, again, RIP, um, is talking to Matt Damon's character about 
there's a big difference between knowledge and experience. And it's so, so powerful. Best scene in any movie, in my opinion. Um, so that's my favorite movie. Gotcha. I love it. I'm gonna have to go watch Good Will Hunting. I've always hear about it. I just never get around to it. So gotta do it, man. (laughs) Masterpiece. Absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love it. What's the one way you like to I am judging you? (laughs) No, I'm just just joking. What what did you say? What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, uh, what's one way you like to care for yourself? Uh the the gym, man, for sure. So weight training is to me, um, I grew up a lanky kid not naturally athletic. Um, I think I was naturally, you know, gifted in terms of math and brain stuff, but not naturally athletic. And, um, I grew up always sort of envying the athletes and they always got a lot of the attention in high school and stuff like that. And I was the nerdy kid getting straight A's or whatever. Um, (laughs) but weight training for me is like, it's so much of an obsession that I don't know how other people don't do it. Like it like frustrates me a little bit to like see people at the top of the end. So like Brendan Burchard, huge hero of mine. Love Brendan. Why don't you lift, man? Straight up. I got to ask him when I meet him, like, why don't you lift though? Though You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, right? It's like you claim self-improvement, like where's the weights though? Um, So one thing I did notice, I was in the fitness industry for a long time. I did fitness coaching and fitness uh, competitions and I was a fitness model for a time. And in the fitness industry, there's a lot of self-improvement. In the self-improvement industry, it's surprising how little fitness is. And it, it's a little bit shocking to me if you've ever gone to events and stuff. Um, but anyway, so that's my long form answer. What do I do for self-care? Dude, hit the weights, man. Love it. Love the weights. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I don't know how to describe it, but when I don't get in the weight room, like maybe it's been a week, maybe it's been a week and a half because I've just been putting my head down. I like feel like it just wrecks me, man. Like, I don't feel good in myself. <laughs> yeah, same, to go to same. Gym. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't feel good about me, though. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're out here trying to add value and you're just like, oh, you know, so yeah, you gotta go. do it. Gotta do it. Awesome. What's one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already taking it to take next level you to the next level? Mm, uh, essentialism. So, so. We're very, very blessed. I I say this recently. It feels like our business is a freight train getting ahead of us a little bit, and especially of me. And we have a 12-person team, and we've got this huge business model, and we've got a bunch of different departments now. Um, And my time, man, it's like I'm so grateful for sure because I have, excuse me, so many clients and you know, we're, we're about to surpass a quarter million a year in revenue. So in, as far as podcasts go, like that's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so, so grateful, but I am just spread thin, man. I got to get back to essentials and I got to, I got to simplify. That's my word right now is simplify, simplify, simplify. Like I'm talking, dude, this yoga mat, like it has a hole in it. Like I need to, I need to recycle this thing and get another one. Like, I just want to get out with the old and like in with the new, I want simple, I want to design for simplicity. Einstein said things should be simple, but not any simpler than they should be. So for me, I got to find that sweet spot of, of youth utility and simplicity. And for me, that's, that's my main focus right now is just simplify, simplify, simplify. What's the first thing that pops in your head that you need to simplify regarding next level you? My WhatsApp. So we communicate on WhatsApp and it's, I'm supposed to be batching it once a day, you know, 
um, and getting back to people uh, within 24 hours. That's like my coaching. So if you were a client of mine, for example, like I'm, I basically say, I'll get back to you within 24 hours. I got to can that that's got to go. Um, I'm not going to be able to sustain that with this many clients. And I just need to be upfront about that. So, so that's the big bottleneck is just, I'm playing a little more reactive than I would like. I'm writing my book right now too. And so I wake up every morning and I do three paragraphs a day. And my book is called optimizing for, for fulfillment. But basically I'm, I would like to spend more time doing my deep work and less time reacting to the needs and solicitations of emails and texts and DMS and all that. And, and again, I want everyone to be encouraged to reach out, but I just have to create structures um, where I can be more effective at communicating um, that influx and outflux type of thing. Yeah, man, those systems, I feel like it's especially hard in something like a coaching business where I feel like you're a really one-on-one type of guy. You like to be involved with people. Oh yeah. And you just, when it get, when you start scaling, you can't be involved with 500 people on a daily basis. It just doesn't work. And doesn't so work. it's something you have to, um, I, I, I don't know the answer. I haven't scaled that high, but it's like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's a hard thing to give up something you care so deeply about that's at the core of your business as you grow. Exactly, man. It's, you got to give up to grow up though. And it's, it's one of the laws in this book, the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Um, one of them is the law, law of trade-offs. You have to give up to grow up. And that's the thing. I do love it. I have one client right now messaging me right before this and like, hey, can I get your feedback on something? And it's like, I won't get back to her for another two days, probably. Honestly, it is what yeah. it is. So, Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome, man. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Um, let me ask you a question. What was your favorite part about this interview? And, and this is a somewhat selfish question because- I would love constructive feedback. So what was your favorite part about this interview and what do you think uh, I could improve on? My favorite part about this interview was definitely you hitting The Lion King as your favorite movie. Mostly because it seemed, it was unexpected. Like you being such a self-improvement guy, I didn't expect you to go movie, which is why I just suggested podcasts because you already said book. And then you went movie and I was like, ooh, okay. And then you said Lion King. And then you said why. And so that kind of, I just really liked that. I don't know. It was a really like, it was a real vulnerable part of you, it seemed like. Appreciate that. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of vulner- vulnerability, authenticity, and just like communicating at that level that's like, way deeper than what people are usually communicating at because I feel like that's where we all can find things in common and that's where we can all like understand each other so I'd say that that was my favorite part and um, if I had any advice I would say personally for me I don't know what my viewers want but uh, personally for me I would say um, as much as that of that vulnerability and authenticity as you can bring into these interviews dude bring it because I'm like part of you just wants to like hear your story and like feel for it and like shed tears over it because we connected so deeply, you know, but that's me. okay. So you mean my story? Like when I said that my childhood was tough and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we kind of just breezed past it, you know, but if we could like dive a bit deeper and you like welcomed it, you know, but it's also like, it's a podcast. It's, it's not a one-on-one conversation. So it's all up to you, but. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for bringing it real. And it's pretty cool that you like the Lion King thing. Yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, you know, 
it's, it's interesting. My girlfriend asked me like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And it was last when I was 32, I just wanted, I said, I wanted a banana split. I want to get pad thai, crab rangoons and beef teriyaki. I want to watch the lion King like a child, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And that's what we did. we snuggled with our little dog, man. It was great. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. Get to be a kid every now and then, you know? Epic. Yeah, no, I love it. Part of a child. It'll, it'll keep you young and keep you growing too. So yeah i saw the child come out of you a little bit when when i talked about lion king so it's awesome yeah Hell yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah yeah Good. for sure awesome man well if you're listening to this podcast and you liked what alan had to say connect with him but also listen to next level you share it and um help him grow and help him get that dream out of self-improvement and a very practical way you could do that is focus on self-improvement yourself and start becoming that because it's something we all need in our life and it will change everybody's life. Also, what we ask you to do at the end of every show, send it to somebody who needs this message, somebody who may be struggling in life, somebody who may relate to Alan's story, who may have had a father die at a young age. Like just send it to them and let them know that there are other people out there who have come out on the other end of it. Awesome. Alan, thank you so much for coming on the show and we're out. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Seriously. It's legit. Of course. of course. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.